0: You're listening to your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast with David and Kane. <laughs> Sorry, I got it. You're listening to your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast with David and Kane. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another late night pillow talk episode of your PFP. How's it going, Kane? Oh well, how are you doing? I am doing well. And how's Patch, the newest member
1: of your FPFP? Yeah, Patch the dog. I'll have to send a picture and put on Twitter. It's been really good. I mean it's only been one week, but he's a really good dog. Actually, speaking of Twitter, and we can either not include this in this recording or not. But I got some feedback regarding some of our comments. Uh And I think you should also talk about your big triumph on Twitter. Are we being sued? I mean, I don't really mind. I, I I understand Twitter is this kind of forum where you can be a bit antagonistic and stuff. And maybe this is just not an audience, but yes, some of the comments towards Isaiah Thomas can seem a little very patronizing. Hello? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a I hope this person knows some of the call comments you had make had about Magic Johnson privately to me. Privately? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I say it every single episode. I actually have. The more I think about it, the more angry it makes me. Just, oh my
0: god! Okay, okay. <laughs> we're gonna get into the that more again.
1: I like unravel all the different moves, and it just anyway, we're still trying to find our voice as well. But whenever we do find our voice and our audience, I think it's using Twitter as an extension of our show and trying to reach that audience with like minded content. Maybe I don't, I, but I'm not really sure.
0: Yeah, no, it's true, and. But we want to be organic. We want to be obviously. organic and we want to be honest. In other words, if this is how we we are in real life when we're talking about this stuff. Not to say that players would ever talk to us or come on our show, but obviously if you're making fun of people, that's going to turn them away from you.
1: No, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're never going to be Rachel Nichols or um, who's, the, who's the fat guy? Who's the fat one? <laughs> oh, that's, LeBron, that's Brian yeah. Windhorst. Disrespect. Yeah, the one that uh, riding LeBron's coattails. Um, hey, what? Hey, what, what? What did Brian do to you? No, nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm just jealous. I, I,
1: lo- I, I like Brian. He's really good. No, I like Brian. Too. I like Brian too. He's a really yeah. good reporter. Reporter? I don't even know what he is. That's the thing. He's a reporter, right?
0: Um, I think he used to be a reporter, but nowadays I think they're more of like on-air personalities. Oh,
1: uh, I see. They're just TV personalities. They're they're not going in the trenches and like um dig up like news anymore. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're not insiders or anything, they're just... They, they're definitely insiders. I mean, Rachel Nichols,
0: she gets all... The, I mean, for God's sake, she has like uh, players literally on her show like every day. Um, mm, that's true. She, she does interviews with LeBron James. I mean, she's the ultimate insider. But it's not something that she... She's not there to break news, necessarily.
1: Yeah, that's true, that's true.
0: But privately, obviously, she's getting, into, getting uh, a lot of information. And Brian, Windhorst mm. used to be a... A reporter, like a beat writer, maybe. Yeah, beat writer. Um, yeah. That's but right. nowadays, I think he's more of an on-air personality, which is definitely no knock. I think that's an elevation almost because mm. they've done the hard yard, and now they're sort of mm. sharing. They're more visible, so fans can get, get actually enjoy their material and content more than if they were just writing for the local paper.
1: So that's like the high end of you know criticism where they are quite objective they don't like you know go one way or the other way in terms of you know being too scathing towards you know a player or or person in the nba and then you have like you know the other end who what are those like like the radio channels in boston or new york who they just they just go all in on like you know people and like anyone that even like says something they don't agree with, they just like you know disown, like they not they just attack them. The New York guys
0: that you're talking about, they can probably do that because they're focused on a specific market, right? So yeah, they don't need yeah. to say anything good about any any other player outside of that market, no. and they can no. be very critical. And that's like a real from a passionate fan perspective.
1: Well, that's the uh, that's also the draw for them, you know, that they're passionate fans, and you know, they just talk about their teams.
0: Yeah, exactly. They're homers, right? It's like listening yeah, to yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're,
0: it's like listening to the Celtics uh, color broadcasts. But when you're at Rachel Nichols level, she's like league wide, so she has to be a bit more diplomatic in her content. I think the thing that thing they give up is you you give up some of the raw emotions because right now, like this is our Twitter account, so it should represent both of us, right? Um, Just like our show, if I had just a show by myself, no one would, it'd be the most hateful and no one would listen to the show because all I would do is talk about negative topics, basically like Isaiah Thomas or John Wall or Kyrie Irving. Little Mountain. So, what's, why do you
1: hate Isaiah Thomas so much? Are you, what's a, he is a bad person. What do you mean? He comes across as like a little bully, man. But he needs to be like, he's much, much smaller than everyone else on the court. He needs to have that, you know, mental edge.
0: But does that mean that you're you're not an asshole because of that, right? So as an example, but you can empathize why he's an asshole. Yeah. So this is why these relationships are always very complex. So the reasons why I don't I dislike Isaiah Thomas, he c- goes on to Cavs. He thinks he's a shit. He thinks he's like the second best player on that team, a team that has already won a championship without him. And then he criticizes Kevin Love for what he perceives as not giving him not giving it his all, when in actual fact, Kevin Love was dealing with anxiety uh, issues, maybe suffering a bit of depression. That created uh, a lot of drama in the locker room that year. I think just this year, when Gobert was very distraught, the fact that he just missed the All-Star team and he was emotional and broke down a little bit during the interview, Uh, Isaiah went on Twitter and said, you know, oh, hey bro, you can't be doing that. Again, a bit of bullying, I I think, other players.
1: Yeah, he had recently had a tribute video when he played in Boston. When the Nuggets came to Boston, the Celtics had like a tribute tribute video of his time when he you know when he played for the Celtics, and he like I mean, you look like he was tearing up. Like it, it's a very natural reaction. Exactly,
0: when, exactly. You know,
1: tens of thousands of people are showing you love and you know tributing you. Yeah, his entire his entire playing career. Yeah, he's been shit on just because of his height. And he's had to prove time and time again that you know he's you know much much better than you know most of his opponents that he's come across in his life
0: and that's great, and that's good, but as a result of that right that comes with baggage
1: no i agree i agree i i think he, like I still think he was done wrong, and I think a lot of um players and agents and you know whatever managers around the league um sympathized with i t s you know contract situation. But like you said, there were a few comments here and there that kind of jabbed at the management, and they probably thought, you know, he was a bit of a, you know, you know, he had too much of an ego. Um, didn't want to deal. He didn't have like a me for, me team, like a team first attitude. Sorry, he was a bit too um, bit like he thought it was him. He was his team. Like everything revolved around him, and I think the Celtics didn't want that sort of attitude. And, you know, and give him a max contract. I mean, and they made the right choice, um, you know, ultimately, because IT unfortunately got injured. But it is such an uh, unfortunate thing. And maybe you're right. There were some personality conflicts and issues that kind of maybe helped the Celtics just, like, eventually decide that yeah he's not worth the max so we're not giving him the max you
0: know he obviously w- was not great in the Cavs locker room and as a result of that well one of the reasons why they moved him was probably because of that that he, get, he goes on the Lakers and what's the first thing that happens he says that he's not a bench player and says that he's not coming off the bench when in actual fact yes you're going to be coming off the bench right because you're still recovering from your injury So it's it's him constantly on his Twitter also saying things like, if I get the opportunity, I'm going to be like an all-star again. Or I'm going to be on all-NBA first team or something, right? It's like these idiotic, delusional
1: uh, things that he says that really gets me. And what was the other, uh, I'm going to call it Twitter triumph that you had? (laughs) uh, earlier this week.
0: (laughs) Yeah, hardly a triumph.
1: Ah, it's a big milestone for sure.
0: And it's
1: it's a big fish. Big one of the biggest one of the biggest names out there in the media NBA media landscape Howard, what up Beck
0: <laughs> no he I think it was Howard where someone posted I think it was Howard he posted a uh, a picture on Twitter of I think Dave uh, McMenon and a couple mm. of the la beat writers uh, on their phone mm. comparing their um, like frequent flyer points and status because mm. mm. i'm I've been traveling. Uh, for the last couple of weeks and I was thinking oh yeah like these guys must be like they must have like a million miles right they must have like the best status and flying business class so I was curious and I just like applied and asked oh do the writers do they usually get business class um and he replied uh basically I have to paraphrase, but said something to the effect of like you know l o l there's no way that they have their flying business class a lot of these papers, especially you know traditional print paper- uh, publications they're just flying like economy
1: yeah they can only afford to send their writers on an economy class exactly unless they accrue enough um uh frequent flyer points, then they can upgrade they can upgrade themselves to business class if they Choose to. And that was actually really surprising to me. I don't know. Like, were you
0: surprised about that?
1: Uh, Yeah, I was actually. But I think um, Howard Beck works for Bleacher Report, I think, or like he works for one of the big companies for sure. I imagine, like, if you work for ESPN, like some of the perks were working for ESPN as you get a flight. Like, I doubt Stephen A is flying economy, you know, like.
0: Sure, sure. He's a celebrity, yeah. Well, I
1: doubt any of those, like any of those people on ESPN, the celebrities, if you will, like they, you know, you you've made it kind of big if you made if you made ESPN. So I doubt any of those guys fly. I, I can't imagine they fly economy class. To be honest, like ESPN can afford to fly them business class, and definitely Stephen A. can pay for himself and just fly and just fly first class.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, Stephen A, he's probably, uh, he's on like, I don't know, $20 million, $30 million contract. Yeah, because I think St- um, Skip Bayless, he left for a contract that's like five years, like t- like $20 million or $30 million even. I don't know, it was, it was a lot. But I was really surprised, and uh, I guess they're journalists, so you can't really, if you're a company like the NBA or a commercial entity, you can't really pay them, because that... Maybe bribing or against like journalistic
1: policy. What do you policy? mean? You can't really pay them. So, because I was
0: thinking, the NBA should be just giving for for every market.
1: Well, why pay them? Why why buy econ- why buy business class when they can just buy them economy? It's cheaper.
0: They're part of the MBA family. They're part of the product.
1: Of course, your company doesn't have to
0: provide any a coffee machine to the employees. right they don't have to provide any any of these things.
1: Maybe these jobs are super competitive. So when you actually do land these jobs. It's just like take it, take it or leave it. There's not, does not many like well respected people Like I, I mean, there's a lot. There's the, the, there's the athletic. There's the Atlantic. Even New York Times has a sports section. You know, there's a bunch of papers. But at the end of the day, they only really have like a few, you know, NBA dedicated sport Jono's that are you know ha- spots for those for those Jono's. So I imagine it's pretty competitive. And because we know so many of them that that just proves it like the, you know if you've made it to those big publications you've sort of made it like your name's going to be i guess how i how i'm trying to see it from a company's point of view is you know these these jobs are pretty coveted you know there's a lot of people that would love to do what they do um so you know if they can just say with you know the standards economy class and every other is doing economy class and you know why? Why change? Why? Why put more expenses, you know, on your payroll?
0: I don't expect a newspaper to do that. That's what I'm saying. The, MB, the MBA should do it. Oh, okay, right. Um uh, and you would instead of and, instead of saying like, okay, we'll just reimburse the big names because then that could be, uh, let's say, the five top journalists within every market that we operate in, that our products in. You get your travel reimbursed by us, by the NBA, as a benefit of covering the NBA, basically.
1: But what's the NBA's payroll? Like, the NBA's only payroll is players, because everything else is covered by the owners. Like, the owners will pay for everything. So, basically, what you're saying is they then need to divvy up the budget so that it includes, like, Jono travel, basically.
0: In effect, uh, it'll be okay. the owners that are paying for it, right? The owner it'll come off of the uh, yeah. The owners
1: will have like the part of the CBA basically will yeah. be like a like a Jono Jono um, uh, compensation. Exactly. Call it. Exactly. Like a little, yeah. Maybe. I mean, uh, uh, this is the same thing as NBA players. Like they have a pretty like uh, they have a pretty enviable job. You know, a journalist. I'm not saying it's an easy job for sure. Like I know it's, for a fact it's not easy. And you know, I'm sure a lot of them do have a lot of sleepless nights, and you know, have a lot of tight deadlines and a lot of pressure from the you know workplace and from the family that they don't see very often, especially during the NBA season. But they do have a quite enviable job, I think. I would, I mean, I don't know. Would you want to be an NBA jo- jono? No,
0: I don't think I can be. I mean, I think they're being taken, not taking advantage of, but they're being underappreciated, just because something yeah. a job is desirable doesn't mean that you should then get no compensation for doing it cuz arguably yeah. then these are the best people that are doing this job, right? Yeah, it, of course. It's like saying, okay, well we shouldn't pay any of the NBA players cuz everyone wants to play in the NBA. So should we dilute the NBA by bringing in like, you know, lesser players and get and moving like the best players out cuz we can't pay them?
1: Yeah, no that's true. Yeah. No no, I think that's a good point. And and to that point, then you might not be actually getting the best um, talent for the NBA, exactly. like there's probably a lot of other talent that are right, writers that you know have chosen to go into different fields because you know they're more luc- lucrative.
0: We keep talking about how this is like a 365 day um, league now. Well, that's that's content that's coming from journalists, right? But yet they get, they can't even get
1: business class travel. I would say business class is a lot more expensive than economy class. They might get perks elsewhere that kind of helps balance out, you know, maybe because business class is like five times more expensive than economy. Yeah, if they get,
0: and how how much do you think those chartered airplanes are for the players? I'm just making the observation that you know twenty years ago, thirty years ago, actually players were traveling on bus and then that got upgraded to commercial flights and now people, players are uh, traveling on charter flights yeah maybe we need to upgrade some of the uh, the other sort of uh, pieces that's around the nBA that makes help make the product as a, as an example, the journalists the writers because I don't think they've got any sort of nothing's changed for them, even though the NBA now is a much more lucrative uh, and a valuable product.
1: Yeah. So would it be the com- the publication companies that see a piece of that pie, or it would be the actual individual journals that see it, and then they can spend it how they choose, whether it's a business class upgrade or on a fancy new watch.
0: You can't pay them, uh, but you can reimburse them for uh, certain things that they need for their job. Uh, right. Yeah. As an example, right. Flights. Right. They need to be traveling from city to city, or even um, hotels. Right. Maybe they get. Better hotel rooms. I don't know what the hotel budget is.
1: Okay, I think that's enough reporter talk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, Dave, you're gonna to have to be traveling uh, economy Delta. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I, I don't rate Dave. Oh, nah, I like Dave. Oh I, li- I like all of them. I d- all right, enough reporter talk. Should we get to the in, like the actual NBA with actual NBA players? Should we talk about Dirk? Yeah, so Dirk. I I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, he's a current NBA player. Soon to be ex NBA player, and then eventually will be a uh, first ballot Hall of Famer.
0: So here's the thing: Should Dirk come back next year?
1: I like how, um, like, like I think I said this in a early episode, uh, in a previous episode, but I like how people like have started to, you know, give him standing ovations mm. and give him like special, um, like moments during timeouts where, like, you know, the crowd erupts in applause for him, like give him like special, like giving him special send-offs. It like, he's never said at any point that he's decided to retire. <laughs> end of this year. He's, he's not Dwayne Wade. Like, Dwayne, this is Dwayne Wade's farewell tour. But for some reason, Dirk Nowitzki has been, like, <laughs> lumped into us. this farewell tour. I think he should, but in a much more of a, like, a coaching capacity, um, just to help bridge KP, Chris Singer, sorry, and and Luka Doncic. Um, because the, the few plays I've seen him play, he can't run, he can't defend. He can shoot sometimes. Sometimes he's wildly inconsistent. He's so wild. He's so inconsistent now with his shot. You can't really score. Especially if this team wants to contend, which I don't think they can contend, like seriously contend in the West next year. But I think they could be a playoff team with KP and Luca. Um, they'll need to find a third guy, and I don't know who that would be. It could be Zion, for all we know. It could be. And I think we'll talk about that in a second. But like they currently have the sixth pick. And if that if that if that sticks, if if they end up with the sixth pick. Then that will um, become the Hawks' pick because of the um, Trey Young, Luka Doncic trade last year, which is starting to look good. Trey Young is playing. Like if if we just you know started the 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 vote, the Rookie of the Year vote from 2019, Trey Young would win hands down because since 2019, Luka Doncic's team has been tanking.
0: Trey Young was originally my pick for Rookie of the Year.
1: I said Luka, right? Should we just well do? You know, let's just re- re- revisit some of our award. Winners. Okay, this might be a bit fun <laughs> to see how wrong we, we we are. Well, some of them are kind of close, yeah. but looking back at our run sheet from episode two is when we talk about award predictions. MVP. You said LeBron James. Mm. <laughs> you couldn't be any more wrong. Oh boy. I said Kawhi Leonard. I think mm. that was a good pick, but like the the top two pick, the top two candidates, and probably the two, only is Giannis and Harden. Harden's numbers are ridiculous. Said MIP, you didn't have a pick, but I said <laughs> Ch- Ch- Chetty Oz- Osman. Yeah, couldn't be anywhere wrong. I yeah. had I had Karis, I don't know, I thought I had Karis Levert there. I think I put Chetty because I just didn't want to talk about the Nets all the time. You were just embarrassed, and also at that time, we didn't
0: really know anything about the Net. Like, I mean, you knew about the Nets, but I don't think no, no one's talking about Levert.
1: Right? No, I know, I think I had Karis, and Karis probably would have been uh MIP if he didn't get injured. Um, defense player of the year, very wrong again, Anthony Davis. I mean, obviously he's <laughs> a potential. He's like, when he's healthy, he's a, he's a lock to be a top five player, you know, every year, right? He's a lock to be an MVP consideration every year, but he didn't play very well, obviously with all the trade rumors and stuff. Um, rookie of the year, I think this is where we hit it on the note on, on the nose. Um, you had Trey Young, um, who I think, like I said, from 2019 onwards, he's the clear cut winner. But Luka Doncic has had the more impressive resume for the entire season. Coach of the year, Quinn Snyder. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Coach of the year, Quinn Snyder. Oh, that's a good pick. Oh, we both had Quinn Snyder too. Yeah, but Utah has
0: not not had a good year. No, who do
1: you think is the coach of the year this year? Oh, let's see. It's got to be one of the... I think you have to give it to Mike Malone, I think. Nuggets Nuggets coach, right? Or or would you give it to Mike Budenhauser, Fox head coach?
0: I think it might. It could be even Doc Rivers.
1: Mm, true, or Doc Rivers, yeah. But I mean, they're a bit lower. They're, they're only eighth in the West.
0: I think it might be Denver or Doc Rivers. Just the fact that Doc Rivers has no... They've traded a bit like basically everyone. They have no one on their team. They're 8-2 and two in the last 10.
1: Yeah, did you know that when Zubak got traded um, Doc uh, from the Lakers for Mike Muscala, who has rarely played... So basically the trade was Zubak and Michael Beasley for... Um, uh, Mike Muscala and they traded for the uh, Lakers traded for Muscala because they thought he could be like a small ball center shooting three-pointers he's shooting terribly right now he's like shooting less than 30% from three-point from three-points and Zubak is is the starting center for a you know 42 and 30 Clippers team um, another big miss oh and uh, talking about big misses uh, executive of the year you said Magic Johnson and Rob Blinker yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh, I'm a bit
1: embarrassed. <laughs> I think the most likely to be fired executive. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You couldn't be any more wrong on that. I said uh, Masai Juri and Bobby Webster, the Toronto, the Toronto organization. Mm. Um, the Tim and Stokes teammate of the Year which I'm pretty sure I'm I'm still pretty sure David just like made up. <laughs> um, but our picks were terrible. Um, you pick Carmelo Anthony. Couldn't be the couldn't be a worse teammate like in the history of the NBA. There's not like a worse teammate than someone who's like just unwilling to listen to other teammates or coaches. He's the worst teammate possible. Um And not too far behind in terms of bad teammates is Lan- I I pick Lance Stevenson. I, I just assumed. Uh, Yeah, there'll be some silver lining with all the random vets that Magic Johnson signed in McGee, Stevenson, Beasley, who's now playing in China, Rondo, who's just like sitting at the end of the benches of being salty with LeBron James. Yeah. Um, Just bad, bad. This is actually a real award, though. I didn't make this up. I want to declare next year's
0: winner as. Isaiah Thomas.
1: Oh, okay. Actually yeah. he should win it
0: this year. Every like that's the other thing that bothers me. Like every every game he's like constantly just tweeting about, you know, let's go, Nuggets. Like great win. On to the next one. <laughs> What's wrong with that? That's good. It's like enough. You it. Like just like he's obviously disappointed and bitter the fact that he's not playing any games, right? I don't like and like he's trying a bit too hard to be like that great teammate. Look, look at that Isaiah Thomas cheering for his team when he's not playing. Right? He's gonna be out of Dem- he's gonna be out of there. If that team is so good, why don't you like come back to this team next year and like sit on the bench again? I don't think that's, that's going to happen.
1: Okay. Uh, last one, six man of the year. You didn't have anyone. But I said Dennis Schroder. Um, it's Lou Williams by far. Lou Williams is untouchable for that award.
0: Didn't he become like the all-time scorer for like a non-starter or something?
1: Yeah, like for a bench player, Yeah, he's the all-time scorer. Yeah. For so. a bench player. Um, he's crazy, his crew is crazy. Like, he's, I mean, he hit that game win against the Nets as well. Oh, um, that, that hurts so. Like, and that's the first time he's ever hit a buzzer beater, too. Yeah,
0: um,
1: but that dude's crazy. Like, his, his touch is just insane. Like, for someone his, his age as well, is it just, it's just like old man savvy, old man finesse. Yeah, I don't even to call it.
0: Okay, we got it. We got it sidetracked well I think anyway I think Dirk should come back next year he doesn't really have to do anything like literally just stay with the team be a mentor uh, come in once in a while get more points and potentially next year well definitely next year I think he'll surpass Michael Jordan um, in the all time scoring list to be uh,
1: Uh, yeah I pretty much agree I think he will I mean he's definitely happy to and Mark Cuban would be happy too, but he would definitely be reg- like heavily, heavily regressed in playing time. Um, yeah, and he would just have to be happy like being like that kind of coach and mentor to those younger guys. Um, I doubt he'll get any real playing time except when in blowouts. Um yeah. his is so slow. Um, but I agree. There's no reason for him to go like you know retire now, especially. You know, with all the new pieces that'll come into uh, the Mavs, and he loves his team. He loves he loves this city, um, and I, and I think if he just has even a little bit left to give, and he's happy to just sit at like as the twelfth man on the bench, um, yeah, why not? Who cares? I think you're right. I think he I think he would be on pace to surpass Jordan. I think if he has to average more than six points per game, I I don't think he can make it.
0: So he has to score 862 points more.
1: How many is that? So that's so like 10 points a that's game. That's like 10 10.5 points,
0: points, points a game. Ouch, that's a lot.
1: Yeah, I don't think he can do that. Where is he right now in the all-time scoring list? He's number six right now. Can he? Who's number five? Jordan.
0: Jordan. So to get, be top five scoring, that that's something. That's something special.
1: Yeah, I don't think he can make it. Maybe two seasons he can do it, but he's going to slow down. Where's LeBron at the moment?
0: Um, LeBron is number four.
1: He's four. He's in front of Jordan right now. And Kobe is three? Kobe's three. And LeBron's going to
0: surpass Kobe early next season, I think. Or and then who's next number season. two? It's number two is too too Karl cool? No, number two is Karl oh, Malone. Karl,
1: and then and who's then, number one? Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, the captain. Al Capitan. Just remember, this is like... And no offense to Kareem Abdul Jabbar, like very, and Karl alone, like, you know, super impressive stats. But they're big dudes, like, it's much easier for big dudes to to score. Michael Jordan, you know, it's not, it's, he's, you know, maybe the same high as Kobe, shorter than LeBron, but he played in an era where there was hand checking, where people could literally, you know, hold your hand and and prevent you from moving anywhere, anywhere you want. Um just by it was so if a bigger, stronger dude was you know in front of you, defending you, it's really hard to get you know get 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 by them, right? Um that was the era that Michael Jordan had to play in, and he scored that many points in that era. Um, it just really does kind of highlight he's just you know if he's not the best, he's one of the, he's definitely top two.
0: Yeah, well, he's gonna be second best after LeBron's done playing.
1: I have to agree. I agree with you only because it's my generation. But I can't. I can't say that I, I'm not being. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not being biased here because I. I really think Jordan is. You know, objectively, he probably is the best of all time, and stylistically, he's the best of all time. Um, and just you know, the fact that he alone he the be- he was the best player on six championship teams. And also, it's a pretty stupid conversation when you think about it. Like two entirely different eras, two dif- completely different positions, two completely different types of players. Right? Like, how can you compare that?
0: Well, you can because, for in the history of this game, who is who was the best player? Who was the most impactful? The best, the most dominating player? And you pick one, right? And it—it's like saying football, right? Who's the bet the greatest football player of all time? You're probably going to pick that's a quarterback. That's even
1: more skewed because, well, of course, it has to be a quarterback because it's the only person that has the ball as much.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you don't say like, "Well, that's not a fair question," because like uh, some defensive player, he could be super important, but like,
1: yeah, that's the thing. Like, but that's that's the thing. Like the punter might be the best punter and the most talented and you know unique punter that's ever come. But the 80th best quarterback is still going to be, you know, way, way, way more valued than him, you know, like for the NBA, uh, you know, depending on your high, depending on how much you handle the ball, depending on like the system you played in, it all kind of, you know, it, it all can affect, you know, your statistics.
0: But all we're asking is basically, you know, taking all that, given all that, who was the greatest? Understanding there's different eras. Understanding there's different teams. Understand different
1: cities, different teammates. But given all that, who's the one? We can we can we can debate it. I think it's a good debate. But I just think ultimately it's it's just uh, I don't even know. It. I was like well, like what's the po- like what's the point? You know, it's it's so subjective, really. Because if you look at the stats side by side, it's pretty it's pretty even. Jordan played less years.
0: No, it's not. No, um, no, no. It's not. It's not even at all. It's um. Uh, it's heavily skewed towards LeBron.
1: Well, LeBron's played more seasons. If you if you look at it in terms of um uh, if you look at it in terms of averages based on like the you know the years, if you the you know to- total total output, it's it's. I think it's it's fairly close. If you look at just the total number, obviously LeBron like you know has a higher output than Jordan. But if you look at it on average, I think it's pretty close.
0: But uh, yeah, I look at it in total. I don't look at it by average. Because yeah. doing it by average, although, I mean, I guess you could do it by average because they both played enough seasons. But I don't do like peak Jordan. Like peak Jordan is way better than LeBron, right?
1: But, but I look at... is that point?
0: Um, no. Well, I'm not saying who is the best... It's like saying who's going to win one on one. Well, Jordan's mm, probably going to win one on one in their prime, right? Mm. Um, or who would you take for you know for the last shot? It probably is Jordan. What I'm mm. th- when I when that question is asked to me, how I like to for me how I quantify is like if I was to start my franchise with one of these players, who would I draft first? Mm. I would draft LeBron James, knowing that mm. he gives me a longer playing period, so longevity. And the numbers, the numbers are just overwhelmingly uh, in favor of LeBron.
1: Fair enough. Anyway, I think yeah. that's something we can table and we can kind of get into properly. Yeah. And going back to Nowitzki, who would you rate had a better career between Dwayne Wade or Dirk Nowitzki?
0: I, I give it to Dirk overall.
1: Yeah, actually, I was just reading your, you. You gave it to Dirk. I, like, I, when I first read it, I thought it was an easy choice. Uh, But then when I thought about it more, it it is actually like a really tough, tough decision.
0: So basically, statistically, Dirk has had a better career. He's had more points, rebounds, more assists. He's played longer. He's played more, which I I see as a benefit. I don't see that as like a a negative, right? He's played more games. He's played longer. He's got more blocks. He's made more NBA first teams. He has an Mm. MVP and he has one title. But that one title was so special that it might be worth three titles.
1: Yep. No, I, I I agree. I'll make the argument for Wade, and I think I do agree with Nowitzki. And you make a really good point. He won an MVP in a in a time when there was Kobe, and I think two thousand. I think he won two thousand nine or something. Definitely, he took he took that MVP over Kobe, and I think that year probably Kobe deserved it more. Nowitzki had a really good record that year, but I think Kobe's statistics were better. Uh, but that's not to take anything away from Nowitzki. Nowitzki deserved... like it would have been the other way too. Like Nowitzki deserved the MVP, but that's like that's that's really impressive, like to win over win it over Kobe. But I would say that if, despite that 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 season, Nowitzki never really Novitsky never really st- st- uh, struck me as someone who was ever the best at his position. I right. always felt that Nowitzki was always the second best, like Tim Duncan or Kevin Garnett. And like in terms of domi- like players that could dominate and take over, he had so many playoff um, uh, miscues for like a long time in his career. And he constantly failed in the playoffs. And to me, that's because he wasn't like a dominating force. He wasn't um, as consistent as Tim Duncan and he wasn't as powerful as Kevin Garnett. But Dwayne Wade in his prime... Um, especially with the Miami Heat days, uh, and even a bit before that, he was the best shooting guard in the in in the NBA, or maybe Kobe. But Kobe was getting getting up there anyway. Dwayne Wade to me was the most electrifying. He was like you know the most athletic. He was the guy that could do everything that Kobe did, but he also also he also brought the thunderous dunks as well. I agree. Nowitzki had a better overall career, but when I think about Wade's impact on the game and in the time when he dominated the NBA, Nowitzki never reached that height.
0: And I think impact, we can qualify it by saying like impact on the culture.
1: Culture for sure.
0: Which is definitely Wade, right? But impact on the overall NBA game. It it may Mm. be Dirk.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. One of the first wave of Europeans, I think.
0: Okay, now, (laughs) this is the moment that uh, Kane's been waiting for. Oh yeah. So <laughs> So recently do you wanna talk about this? I, you you talk about this. What was the highlight of your week? And it wasn't getting your dog.
1: Ah oh, like this this was this was the highlight. Um so to give some context, the Nets are currently on their West Coast trip and um they've gone zero or three on this West Coast trip. They got Blown out by the Jazz, um, the Clippers, they fought back, but then Lou Williams hit a buzzer beater. And then they went to the Kings, they went to Sacramento, and uh, they were playing bad in the first half. They were like down by 10, and they kind of clawed back to make it eight points or something like that. But they were playing bad. Like Marvin Bagley was like shooting crazy. Um, the Nets really struggle against like tall athletic dudes. Like Yon if we versus Gian, like Giannis, like Jan is going to have his way against the Nets. Anyway, um, they opened the third quarter, and instead of um, you know starting to come you know get a comeback, the the Kings go on a twenty and z- twenty to zero run in the, to begin the third quarter. No joke, twenty to zero run. Like you would think, already up by eight, and then they add twenty points on that. It's like it's over. Like you know, the Nets have given up, kind of thing, right? And actually, it extends into the fourth quarter where you know the the the, the Kings are still up by twenty eight points. Like they've still maintained a lead of twenty eight points into the fourth quarter. Um, but then the Nets begin slowly chipping away at that lead, and then D'Lo just goes off. He shoots three after three after three. He ends up scoring twenty seven points. He outscores the entire Kings Russell in the fourth oh, quarter. He scores twenty seven himself in the fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah. Uh, goes for forty four um, total, which is a career high uh and yeah they just have this epic comeback um to beat the kings by two points at the end um he got some help you know uh D-Lo, but dilo went 44 i think got 12 assists as well four steals definitely a career game and um it made the media rounds like everyone's talking about him everyone's like talking up up talking him up saying like oh this guy's an all-star this guy is you know, proving he, you know, he, he does he wants it, he's got the fire, he's got the passion, he's proving magic wrong. He's you know
0: Oh, poor magic.
1: Like all the comments on YouTube is like, oh, you know, Magic Johnson's on a suicide watch. Um you know, Magic I can't believe Magic Johnson ga- uh you know gave up on a twenty year 20 year old talent like this. Like, you know, it's stupid to give up on a number two or a pick. And you know that what, like they're all right, you know, like Magic Johnson's stupid for doing this. <laughs> And, um, <laughs> no, there's some views too. Like there's some you people love saying, saying like,
0: that, you love saying that.
1: Do you think magic will regret trading? Like, and they said like, in hindsight, do you think magic regrets trading DeAndre Russell and people are saying like how he broke the trust of the locker room mm. and that's like irreparable. You can't go back from that once you've lost the trust of the locker room. And it's easier to trade away that one guy who broke the trust and to trade everyone else in the roster. Yeah. Um, which I can totally understand that point of view. But the problem is they tra- ended up trading everyone away on that roster anyway. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they could have kept D'Angelo. Um, no, that's not true. They had Brandon Ingram on that team. So, you know, fuck that guy. Wait, anyway, wait, wait, so
0: wait. The- Fuck, Fuck which guy? Magic or Brandon Ingram?
1: Uh, both of them. They can, they oh my can both God. suck.
0: Oh my God! What, what did Brandon Ingram do?
1: No, nah, Brandon Ingram didn't do anything. He's pretty. He didn't good. do anything, but okay. okay, he's pretty good. But oh I said this God. on our chat too. Like, imagine this team with D'Lo at the point. I know. And they wouldn't have drafted. Know, they wouldn't have drafted. Um, they wouldn't have drafted Lonzo. They would have had Tatum. They have had Brandon Ingram. They have had LeBron, and they would have had um Julius Randle, who's playing really well as a small ball center. Yeah,
0: don't remind me.
1: Uh, this is the team that potentially and no, that wouldn't that probably wouldn't deliver you a championship. Um, Tatum's really good, obviously. Brandon Ingram has like you know, superstar potential. Delo can be a good, really, really good fourth option, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and Julius Randall can do a lot of the dirty work. Maybe you can add a superstar to that team because they're still on all rookie they're all on rookie contracts. I guess what I was just trying to say is he had this one crazy game. He's been playing well this season, obviously but he's had this one crazy game and he just got all this media attention and everyone's like talking him up because it's national media and yeah. they just say like, d is doing this and he's an all-star this and he's an all-star in a weaker conference. I just want to like pull it down to earth. Like he had a really good game, like a superstar game, but he's also still can deliver nights, where he shoots three for 16, um, you know, shooting. Yeah, like he, he he's still uh, inconsistent. Player, he's twenty three years old, so he's still young. He's still working it out, but he hasn't made it yet. He's not a superstar yet, and he gets all this media attention, like saying, "Like oh, he's made it. He's doing this." And Magic, um, really regrets this. Like oh, it's the the story still not re- fully written. And, like he's still no, and also he's on his contract year. Like you should, you should always be a bit wary when players like ball out on their contract year.
0: Are they gonna get rid of him? You think over the summer?
1: No, I think um, at this point. He has to get paid the max contract. Okay. And it wouldn't even be up to Nets. Like he's on a restricted, um, he's a restricted free agent. So some team will sign him to a max contract, and the Nets will just match it.
0: And match it. Okay. So you think he's staying with the Nets?
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Okay. Okay. What do you think? Magic's thinking.
1: Just his life choices. Is there, any-
0: <laughs> Is there anything you want to say to Magic?
1: <laughs> <sighs> Magic, listen to me. <laughs> I know you're listening, so just listen good. Oh, just listen. Just say face.
0: Just, just listen good. Oh my god.
1: Say face. You've had a really good career. <laughs> You've had a Hall of Fame career. You you probably I I probably think I probably think I haven't seen that much you know, magic highlights. But he's probably the best point guard of all time. At least that's what I've heard. You know, he's on the Mount Rushmore of NBA famous players. But he needs to say face and just you know re- resign and just say we'll just make up something genie bus would just like we had a mutual decision to part ways with magic some kind of pr bullshit but let's let's be honest he's not he doesn't know what he's doing he doesn't know how to evaluate talent like the dude doesn't even know how to use protection like seriously oh, like, no, how can oh, no. okay <laughs> how can you trust him. how can out. you trust him to
0: <laughs> he won't protect himself um, how how is he going to protect yeah. your team? Oh, exactly. So much disrespect. So much uh, dis- exactly. Gonna, oh, well, that's gonna get all cut out.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. That's a really good joke.
0: Oh, I was going to say. Oh, I just lost my train of thought. Surprisingly, overall, I think you've that that's quite a a mature and restrained uh, view on magic. Look, I don't blame magic for this. I really don't for trading D-Low.
1: No, I actually I don't either. It's not the most. It's not the worst decision.
0: I was going to say you, you can blame Magic for not getting Paul George for not getting free agents this far, but I it's it's hard to to blame them for training D'Lo.
1: Yeah, and I've said this before. You can never blame like for one bad decision because in a vacuum, it's just you you never know, right? Like it's hard to say, but when you add all these things up, it's like I didn't. You never knew. You never knew. But you know that's your job. You need to a. Sometimes you need to be lucky, but two you need to be. You need to be. You need to make smart, risky decisions. And so far, all of his decisions haven't been pay, haven't paid off. Either you're that unlucky, or you're just that shit at, at your job. You know what I mean? Like, there's only so many times you can be unlucky before it's like, okay, you can't do this job. And I think that is, and, and yeah, I I I actually do realize that's a harsh thing to say, but less less uh um players with lesser sort of um personas wouldn't wouldn't have as many chances as magic has had. We'll see. If he has ample cap room this offseason, if he can't pull in one marquee free agent, then it's it's definitely over for him. Then it's definitely
0: like, over. Then I give up. Then I give up on Magic as well. He has yeah, to do something. Because you have
1: big. you have space with two max contracts. Yeah. And you just played it so badly where now the Clippers <laughs> the freaking Clippers who have always been a sister franchise in in, in that town is is the team that is way more attractive than, you know, the late, the decorated Lakers and you have Magic as president. Like Magic is supposed to be the guy to, you know, be that influencer, right? Yeah. Um but if the Lakers brand and Magic, you know, personality can't pull in free agents over the Clippers, then, you know, well, what are you doing?
0: And the Clippers are winning. They're winning. That's the that's the, the Clippers issue. are
1: winning. They got a great organization. They, for all accounts, it seems like they finally got a really good um, boss, um, owner and Steve Ballmer. The culture is really good. Jerry West is, you know, like you say, he's a bad mofo. He's out to seek. He's out for blood. He's out for murder. He's um, gonna
0: murder the Lakers. He's out.
1: He's yeah, yeah, exactly. I, and like you say, he's a, he's a bad. He's a bad mother. That Jerry West. Okay, Kane, okay. so the season's winding down, so
0: I think by next week, we're going to have a pretty clear picture of maybe start thinking about uh,
1: playoff brackets. Yeah, I think those two things are going to be really interesting. So until next time, listeners. See ya! See ya! Cause when it comes to playing basketball, I'm always last to be victim in and some cases, never put it off. So I just lean up on the wall. Or sit up in the bleachers with the rest of the girls who came to watch their manball. Dad, y'all, I never understood black weather well, dots, get the fly girls, and me I get the hood rats. I tell them scats, kiddos, the you goodbye.
0: Not... You've been listening to your favorite podcasters, favorite podcast. If you enjoyed our show, please tweet us at your FPFP.